The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Good morning, everyone. You found Financial Food for Thought. We've got Mark Dowling, Kara Waddell here. And lest we forget, Carrie, it was 20 years ago today, almost to the minute that you're hearing this broadcast, that life in America changed forever. So I thought we could take four minutes out of our normal scheduling with our Financial Food for Thought to listen and reflect on the words of one of the brave who ran into the burning buildings to do whatever he could to help out those in peril. This is FBI Special Agent Rodney Miller. Boom. 110 stories, but I felt the heat like right on the back of my neck as if it was right there, so I can imagine the amount of flame and heat that was going on within the building itself. It just must have been an intense fireball that you would feel it from such far away. Imagine heat on your neck. Look up. A skyscraper a quarter mile high in the blue sky. A massive fireball. Metal and glass rain down on you. Run. It was a very close call. I remember vividly one of the other agents that was running to the overhang. And, like, every time step she ran, like, a piece of debris would hit, like, right where her foot picked up from the ground, right? So it was just kind of crazy how all that happened. Miller ran into the North Tower to a security desk. He called his bosses at the FBI. He stayed in the lobby only 10 to 12 minutes, then charged up the stairs. I get to the 86th floor, and I am a man of faith. I just stopped where I was, and I clearly heard the voice of God speak to me. And he said, Rodney, there is no use going any further up. It's time for you to leave and exit the building and just take as many people with you. And it was such a clear voice, because I even remember stopping and turning to the voice, and it was clear and gave me clear instructions. So I go back down to, like, the 79th floor, I believe, and right there I see one of the battalion fire chiefs for the New York Fire Department, and I clearly say, hey, sir, this is no use here. We have to get all of our resources and personnel out of here immediately. And as soon as I said that, the North Tower started to sway back and forth. I would say it was almost a two-foot sway inside the building. And I believe that swing was called by the collapse of the South Tower. So the South Tower was hit second, but collapsed first. So we felt the South Tower collapsing, which caused the North Tower to sway back and forth. So we hit the ground, we're laying on the ground because the sway is so tremendous. And then at that point, the time fire chief, he totally agreed. He was like, Rod, yeah, we're, we're with you. And right then and there, all the fire department personnel just started unhooking their gear, dumping all their oxygen tanks, dumping all the heavy gear. And we just started a race back towards the ground floor. And whoever was still in the stairwell, we just, just kind of lifted them up, picked them up, or carried them. 
and then departed the building. And one thing that I vividly recall as I exit the building is this, everything is white from the collapse of the first building and the dust. And I'm, I'm looking for my supervisor, I'm looking for my fellow agents and personnel, but the scene is totally quiet and serene and everything is covered in white as I'm, my brain is trying to process what happened, right? And I'm like, my brain goes, oh, Rodney, watch your step, by the way. And I'm like, okay, why do I need to watch my step? Because I was like, yeah, I don't want to step on that human torso or that head right there. So I don't know if you can imagine that, right? So I'm, I'm on the street, everything's white, everything's quiet, and then there's body parts strewn all over the streets. So I, I walk further up the block, you know, I'm trying to call in to my uh, supervisor, to the command on my radio. Everything is kind of blacked out. And then three minutes after leaving the North Tower, you know, I'm running to another overhang because the building I was just in is started to collapse. Three. So in the time we just listened to that, Carrie, mm-hmm. what what he was out he wasn't out of the building for less than that when it collapsed. And so it's hard to believe it's 20 years. I think, I think, unfortunately, we've forgotten too much. I mean, we thought, like you, I'm sure, Mark, you've seen where people say, talk about a time where, you know, everybody came together. What was it like the day after that week after you couldn't find a flag in a store? Everybody, regardless of race, gender, or sexual orientation, whatever it was, everybody came together as Americans. People were joining the military. Right. Uh, my neighbors that were in the army, our uh, husband, um, they were out. He had a great lucrative job. He decided to go and be a helicopter pilot, you know, re-upped to help out. And um, it, it was just uh, a great time of people, an outpouring of love and support during an extremely tragic and terrible time. Yeah, it- Remember the churches on that weekend were mm-hmm. standing room only. Right. I, and I, people coming all across the country to help with the recovery and the and cleanup. And I mean, people from all over came together. And I think what's sad is that we're far from that. And I think we need to remember that as a country, we have problems, but we're still a great country and we need to be, you know, working hard to come together. Right. You, you think of some of the things that is dividing this country today and all those disappear mm-hmm. when we have but does it take events like 9 11 mm-hmm. t- to get us united that is and be proud of the country that came together sad. yeah i know it. how we can't you know keep that feeling without terrorist attacks mm-hmm. on this country all right gary so we will not forget and hopefully we'll be able to keep remembering about this now your mm-hmm. kids obviously weren't around no well i had one yeah yeah i only had one it was but not the, even two he's not gonna, right so my oldest remember the day uh-huh my second oldest barely and my two youngest have no recollection so they just have to go from the stories mm-hmm. and the movies right and i the the, the movies i just i it's just incredible the stories. Mm. There's so many stories. Oh yeah, like I haven't been able to. My dad and my mom went to the um, Flight 93 Memorial in Pennsylvania. Okay. That's rough. Like you hear the voicemails. I've heard it's very like I'd yeah. love to go. I think it'd be like you have to be emotionally prepared to listen to those voicemails and goodbyes. So we heard Rodney Miller's story, mm-hmm. and I'm sure this weekend you'll be hearing a lot of mm-hmm. stories with the 20th anniversary and and mm-hmm. so we'll keep that in mind in our prayers okay carrie well all right we'll get back to financial well planning. good morning everyone you're listening to financial food for thought we're a financial talk radio program here every saturday morning on 1420 we're here to give you helpful information about issues that may impact your financial life and to encourage or supposed to inspire people to be as proactive as possible whether again you're working or someone who is already in retirement um looking at your financial life from a different perspective and using opportunities where you can. You can be frustrated about government spending, inflation, market volatility, future tax increases, or health care costs, but 
there's things you can do and steps you can take to be as proactive as possible. And um, that's what we do. And this program is sponsored by the estate planning team. The estate planning team is an Ohio-registered, fee-based fiduciary planning firm that's been around Cleveland area more than 35 years helping families and individuals and business owners um, through good and bad times and help uh, what we're known for is comprehensive, detailed planning and objective and biased analysis. Uh, The estate planning team are not investment advisors. We look at people's assets in terms of risk, growth and tax efficiency um, and helping people while they're working, how to create those different pots of money and tax wrappers, um, which will maybe and how different assets are taxed and how do you create income tax efficiently and watch those tax thresholds, which may be even more important if you're in the camp that believes tax rates are going to go up based on the government spending. And if you're someone in retirement, many people are dismissing opportunities, especially those who do have IRAs and company plans to design their own effective distribution plan. And there are Roth opportunities that we have today. And who knows what the, what the government doing? Opportunities we have now may not be available in the future. And I know we're gearing up for our own clients and people who are interested is looking at what are things you can do between now and the end of the year to minimize future tax liability or create um, income you need for spending and planning that out ahead and taking advantage of opportunities. Um, the estate planning team offers a free consultation by phone or in person, whatever you're more comfortable with. And we do a free analysis to see if we can help you if our approach is appropriate. We both we have both comprehensive planning. We have people come in and they want to know when they can afford to retire um, or can they scale back the encore careers or people in retirement or maybe you have a specific issue. We have people call trying to make an informed decision about a pension election, timing of Social Security, or any income replacement needs analysis. You know, should I keep my life insurance or where do I put my money in? We can talk conceptually fixed versus growth, even though we don't do investments. Our clients do that on their own or work already with someone else. So take advantage of a free consultation and be proactive with your financial life. You can give us a call at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 or visit our website at financialfoodforthought.com. We also have a class on September, Wednesday, September 22nd at three o'clock. Seating is limited. Um, We do ask that you pre-register so we have enough handouts. So if you're unable to attend but still want the materials, we can electronically send those to you or regular mail. We're working on that workbook now. Um, It's for people, if you have IRAs, company retirement plans, or similar assets, there are a lot of rules when it comes to these assets that many people are not aware of. The SECURE Act that was passed that we kind of forgot about with COVID um, made a lot of changes to these rules with regard to timing of minimum required distribution, the stretch IRA and much more in their proposed changes. We're going to talk about Roth contributions, conversions, strategies to minimize your overall tax impact and much more. And that's um, Wednesday, September 22nd at three o'clock. We already have people signed up, so make sure it's going to be a limited class so we can keep some space of it, you know, social distancing and try to um, make it as safe as possible. But if not, the consultation is about your number. So that's 439-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right. Thanks, Kerry Waddell. My name is Mark mm-hmm. Donnelly. And and th- it's a good timing for this class, Kerry, because it, it, although we, we, we're going to talk a lot about the distribution rules and, as you said, the SECURE Act that changed the age from 70 and a half to 72, and then we'll talk a little bit about what's proposed in the SECURE Act, too, that Congress has been discussing and they mm-hmm. want you know there's a lot of bipartisan support for so those may be changes coming down the the the, the in the future but it's also it kind of overlaps with year-end planning right which we always talk about in the show usually starting in in october and that's the idea of you now that the year is almost done taking a look and say should you be making any year-end moves with your tax qualified plans you mentioned Roth conversions. Uh, many, many of our clients are, you know, every year look at the opportunity of perhaps doing a Roth conversion. Uh, it, it could be if you are already in required minimum distributions that you don't miss it. <laughs> you know, especially if you've got multiple IRA accounts at different custodians. You've got a husband and wife, each with their own. 
And are you, you know, and you, maybe you're co-mingling some, maybe you're not, maybe for, you know, it's that idea of saying, well, don't miss it. Right. There's still that penalty, you know, that excess tax, if you miss a required minimum that you want to avoid. So it's also too a time where you may want to relook at and say, okay, do I need any additional income taxes paid in? that I can make a withholding election on those final IRA distributions. Um, also today, Carrie, I'm, I'm going to talk a lot about the estimated tax uh, you know, planning that, that we do for our clients and that you may want to do at home as well. We always do this right before right. there's a quarterly estimate. Of course, September 15th is the third quarter estimate. So you know, four times a year, we like to just review. And, and, the, and the, way, the reason why we do that is because over the decades that we've been helping clients build financial plans, we realize that new clients coming in or especially clients going from working to retirement really don't have a good knowledge of estimated taxes or, you know, and then we don't think that the goal is to get big refunds every year. Mm -hmm. And, and, And we'll talk a little bit about that today as well. Um, but before that, you know, just again, just comparing where we've come in 20 years. So 20 years ago, Carrie, there were a lot of Americans who were questioning whether President George Bush was up to the task that was facing him in September. Correct? Mm-hmm. Now let's take today, 20 years later. Well, I think there's a lot of American todays today are questioning whether President Biden is up to the task that's facing him this Mm. September. All right. So will, can Biden survive (laughs) this September? And there's a lot on the schedule. I don't know. I mean, even going back. All right. So does he even know it's September? Sorry. (laughs) I feel sorry for I really do. I, I don't think he's, has he smiled or laughed since Inauguration Day? No, I mean, he shouldn't. He's been making, I don't know. I just think I'm getting madder and madder every time I see mm-hmm. him. And, and so limited that we do see him. Right. He hasn't taken a question. Because I, I, he's got to stay with the teleprompter. He can't handle questions, Mark. You've seen those videos. Oh. It's like, what is he saying? So it started September 3rd with the August jobs report that missed Bigley. Remember mm-hmm. President Trump's Bigley? Um, now, President Biden blamed it on the big, bad corporations. Doesn't see, he blame it on everybody? See, see, now he's getting mad. Now he's vowing that I am going to take them on. Um, you know, and, and that's part of, you know, his way of saying that Americans should back his increase, his proposed increase in the corporate income tax rate from the from the lower Trump rate of 21 percent to up to back to 28 percent. All right. Um, then. You know, then what happened next? Well, then September 7th, you know, which is just coming back from Labor Day, the federal extra unemployment checks ran out, right? Mm -hmm. And the Democrats then kind of backed themselves in the corner the way they put a hard close on it, thinking that they would be able to get an extension of it. But what happened in the meantime, a lot of the red states had already stopped the the federal payments anyways. So they weren't interested in in extending it. They had already weaned their, uh, their uh, unemployed, you know, residents off it already. So then all of a sudden the Democrats were caught and saying, Oh, well, there's no way to extend it. We don't have any votes to extend it. So now that ended. All right. Um, Then we had September 9th. You know, where he had, you know, he came out with the mandatory vaccination speech, right? That did not go over really well with a lot of Americans, right? Um, What's coming up? Well, you know, September 15th, you know, we've got this infrastructure debate going on, right? Infrastructure Mm -hmm. one, infrastructure two, um, you know, the hard infrastructure, the soft infrastructure, you know, the 1.2 trillion, the 3.5 trillion added together. It's a lot of money. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and the question is, you know, is it going to get done? And you've got the progressive left and the Democrats Ugh. who are saying we're not going to vote for the bipartisan deal if we don't get the the soft infrastructure deal, the budget reconciliation. And you got some moderates, both in Democrat moderates in the Senate and the House, saying, well, no, we're not going to. You got to get the bipartisan. Deal. Oh, it, it's the, the, it's a mess. It, so September fifteenth, um, you know, Pelosi gave out a, a deadline for the key panels to come with their final recommendations, right? And and the write up. Uh, because she set a, a, a deadline of September 27th that um, that th- they're going to make some hard decisions here and move these bills forward or, or what have you. That's all happening this month. Then we've got the Federal Reserve, okay, September 21st and 22nd, you know, the Federal Open Market Committee. You know, that's where Jerome Powell, now again, a lot of people were saying that's not going to be a, a, a live meeting anymore because the jobs report was so bad that they're not going to make a move. But other people say, man, no, he may announce whether he's tapering or, or other, you know, shifting from their, their past um, and, and see what goes there. So that's happening in the 2021st the 21st and 22nd. Um, then you've got, you know, getting going toward the end of the month, you've got, uh, you know, Janet Yellen, you, you know, Treasury Secretary came out and saying, look at, we've got this debt ceiling to deal with. Right. And, you know, <laughs> you can't wait to the last minute. Um, you know, you gotta, you, you know, or at least she's recommending you don't wait for the last minute. Right. Um, now what, what's that all, you know, what's going on there? Well, this all started la- August of 2019. Okay, mm-hmm. that's when President Trump signed the budget deal and that sus- uh, you know suspended the debt ceiling. You know until 2021. So now this rooster's coming home. The mm-hmm. ro- you know chickens coming home to roost, right? Um, and the, you know at that point, I think it raised the spending bill by I think 224 billion. Um, um, now. All right. And the reason why President Trump wanted it, you know, and done and why they got it done was because they didn't want this issue interfering with the 2020 election. They wanted to, you know, get it done and pass them. Um, So what happened this week? Well, as I said, Janet Yellen, you know, always the smartest person in the room, supposedly. Right. Sent a letter to congressional leaders, you know, warning that a mid-October deadline um, is the new deadline for the to raise the debt ceiling, uh, and that waiting until the last minute, you know, to tackle the issue could cause serious harm to business and consumer confidence. All right, um, you know, her quote is, you know, at, at a time when Americans are still suffering the effects of the ongoing global pandemic, it would be particularly irresponsible to put the full faith and credit of the United States at risk. Right. So, what's the holdup? Well, you have Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, you know, and he's saying, well, if the Democrats really want to raise a debt limit, they can do it on their own. They got the 50 votes. Right. Make it part of the budget res- resolution and, and, and do whatever you want, guys. You, you got the White House. You've got the majority in the House. You got the 50 votes in the Senate with Kamala's tiebreaker. Just go do it. What's the, you know, uh, and he's saying, why do you why are you saying you need our Republican votes to do that? He 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 kind of liked it to it, it, analogous to if you had a friend who was flying to Las Vegas to blow all his money and he wants you to co-sign on a loan before him before he leaves. Bad idea. Okay, you know, now you have Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. I don't know if Schumer has smiled or made a joke or laughed in the last twenty years. Right? Talk about him. Uh, he just always seems so angry, Chuck Schumer, to me. Um, but you know, his quote is: "It would be the height of irresponsibility for the Republicans to take the debt limit, you know, hostage, calling it a horrible act and despicable act." Well, those are some kind words, right? Um, well, how about Nancy Pelosi, you know, the Speaker of the House? Well, she, you know, she, the way she says it, you know, during the Trump administration, which, uh, by the way, amassed over $7 trillion in debt, that's what the debt ceiling lift is paying for. In other words, we're paying for the Trump credit card. Isn't it always when, Trump, though? When President <laughs> Trump was president, you know, we Democrats supported lifting the debt ceiling because it's re- the responsible thing to do. So how many of these people use that word responsible and irresponsible? Right. Uh, mm. This week, um, I would hope that the Republicans would act in a similarly responsible way. Cut spending and, then. And I, I and but I do think, Carrie, that American voters would like to see our elected officials working together. 
I think, yeah. You mean instead of for their self, for right. themselves, aren't they supposed to be working together for the betterment of the rest of us? So the Bipartisan Policy Center did a recent poll, and yes, 67% of the respondents say they want Congress to work together. Um, 22%, you know, are on the other side, say they prefer their members to stick to fundamental principles of legislation, even if it means not getting of much accomplished. 22%, Gary. Um, it's just, to me, it's just not American. We're, you know, work together, compromise. That's what America is about. Um, right. People from different backgrounds. I mean, that's how it started. Now, when they broke that down between Democratic and Republican voters, um, the, the, the 70, 77% of the Democrats, carry favor bipartisan collaboration, whereas only 55% of the Republicans as well. So maybe the Republicans are more stubborn. I don't know. But it, it, it's, it's just the idea that you've got, you know, yeah, you've got to get a handle on the spending and, but so there's a lot of people saying you can't just keep raising the debt ceiling, but it'd be a huge, um, with all the other, uh, you know, things on the horizon that could, you know, disrupt this recovery, that would certainly be one of them. Um, so we'll see how all that goes. Right. And many people are worried about that anyway and what they have in store for the rest of us. And that's a good reason to be proactive about your financial life and take control. I mean, we have, I mentioned the estate planning team offers a free consultation, which again, we're happy to do in person or by phone, whatever you're more comfortable with. And, um, people don't realize like some people come in and they're okay, but they could be so much better. And anytime you can minimize what the government gets or make a different decision and put more money in your pocket and take control of spending, can we talk about you can spend it on yourself, your family, charity, make another choice. And spending can mean lots of things. It doesn't just mean travel or luxury cars. It can be spending on things that or knowing you can afford the things that you're worried about, like a long-term care stay, a health care, rising health care cost is a huge one that some people don't retire till 65. How, Mark, how often do we have that? Because they don't know or they don't think they can afford that premium, which is, by the way, does have a hefty price tag, but some people can and some people can't. Yeah, and so we can get subsidies. Right. So it's using opportunities um, and having someone who knows and understands all of that. But take advantage of a free consultation that we offer, or you can come out to our September 22nd planning class at 3 o'clock in Middleburg Heights. It's the IRA Roth and tax qualified assets. So if, um, if you're someone who has IRAs, company plans are similar. We're going to talk about rules, costly mistakes, misconceptions, the minimum required distribution tax trap, changes with the SECURE Act, proposed changes, Roth contributions, and conversion rules and techniques. Also, we touched on the so- topic a few weeks ago. We did a series. So if you want to check those out, you can go to the website and um, hit the link for our podcast at financialfoodforthought.com. That's financialfoodforthought.com or 440-239-2090. All right. Listen to Mark Donnelly, Carol Adele, and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. And we've been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 35 years. Um, and over those decades, like I said, we've talked a lot about getting a working knowledge of how you're supposed to pay your taxes when you're in retirement. Because a lot of people, Carrie, don't think about it too much when they're working. Mm -hmm. Because generally, our payroll departments and all the software that they have, they do a darn good job of withholding the right amount from your paychecks so that you wind up okay at the end of the year. Sometimes you may owe a little bit. Sometimes you may be getting a refund. But when you go into retirement, that all changes. And it, you have it's much more on your shoulders now to say, okay, how, first of all, calculating w- what I should be paying in, mm-hmm. in estimated ta- taxes, and then secondly, how you're going to do it. So, you know, we, we've got the third quarter estimate coming up here September 15th. So I'll talk a little bit about that. I just wanted to, we, we got some calls during the week, Carrie, too. And, and there's a lot of people that are 
listening to this debate about how the Democrats plan to pay for the $3.5 trillion soft infrastructure plan, too. And there's a lot of people getting up, worried, I guess, that it's going to affect them. And I just want to give a word of caution. It might not, you know, first of all, we don't have any clarity on how they're going to do it. Isn't the government? We never have. But what I'm saying is we are, I don't think we're going to know that for even see a serious way. I mean, they've got a long path to get to before they get around to actually voting on this, you know, soft infrastructure plan. We'll see how Nancy Pelosi's artificial deadlines of September, you know, fit in and if they adhere to that. But, you know, the idea that there's going to be new estate taxes, you know, which are taking away the step up in basis or they're going to be, a, you know, that the, there's going to be a, a capital gains tax. The, the favorable capital gains tax is going to go away or, you know, the corporate tax rate is going to increase, which is going to trickle down to the uh, customers of the corporations. Uh, you know, I, I, be weird, just we you're, don't know. Yeah, you got to say, well, who are you? Who is saying that? Are they on the left or the right? And you know, they maybe have other, you know, reasons to be trying to put scare tactics out there. Now, but there are opportunities now, or things you can do that people miss because they don't know, they're not aware, right. they think it doesn't apply to them. Because what I'm saying is the the bipartisan infrastructure package, there are no tax increases. You know, they're either going to use money that they already raised with the pandemic relief that they haven't used yet. Remember those billions that are just lying around, mm-hmm. right? You know, or they're just going to print the money. All right. Um, now the infrastructure too. Now, if it did pass at a three and a half trillion dollar price tag, there's going to be major tax. I, I do agree with that, but that's a big if, if that three and a half trillion passes, Mm-hmm. You know, Joe Manchin, which is, you know, the one of the centrist uh, senators and, and Democrat who I, well, I've been saying on this show, you know, listen, you know, he's got a lot more uh, importance than President Biden in this discussion right now. Mm-hmm. Right. He's he's got maybe that 50 vote. And you have Kristen Cinema too, out in Arizona. But but he came out this week and he threw his number out there and it wasn't three and a half trillion, Gary. No, it was one point five trillion. I was going to say it was now. So are we somewhere? So can we compromise and say it's going to be two? I, but, you know, it's not that easy, right, in, in, in Congress, right? But you're uh, talking a trillion dollar. I mean, uh, how about we just fix small problems? I like the idea of that skinny bill. Well, that well, I think that is going to get done. You know, the one point two trillion. Half of that is, but that's is, is, is old money. Only you know, um, yeah, trillion carry on. Yeah, I know oh, it's a trillion. It's hard to get your head around that. Um, but. So it, it, what my point is, if it is $1.5 trillion instead of $3.5 trillion, then there might not be big tax law changes. In other words, there, there may be a compromise. Maybe the corporate income tax rate doesn't go up to 28%. Maybe it goes up to 24%. Maybe the step up in basis doesn't go away. Or there's a high exemption like the original the, the, or some of the earlier versions of it was, you know, a married couple would be able to pass two and a half uh, million of appreciated property without with a step up. Uh, Remember, that's appreciation. That's not two and a half two and a half million of of value of uh, uh, that's appreciation on top of your basis. So how many of you listening to the show that that would affect you or your family? Um, the way some of these people talk about that, that's going to, you know, affect everyone who can fog a mirror. Um, so anyways, just, it's way too early, I think to, you know, throw your current financial plan out the window because of your concern or your estate plan, your final, your, your passage planning to your heirs, because we're, I think we're very far away from getting some of these very progressive tax agendas pushed forward. But I do say if they do get around to voting and 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 voting for a three and a half trillion soft infrastructure plan under the budget re- resolution, um, then I think some of these tax law changes become reality. Um, all right. Estimated taxes. I'm sure this is one of favorite, everybody's favorite subjects, Gary, isn't it? Yeah, but there's opportunity. I mean, before you pay that estimate, there's things you can do. Maybe you don't have to pay it 
I think this year, because we have some, you know, working and coordinating with clients, we have less clients that have to make that September 15th estimate or we're making plans, which helps with their cash flow than we have in any other year, Mark. Right. Well, so one of the things is it, it, so first of all, one of our axioms about estimate taxes is that what you did last year isn't necessarily what you're going to do this year Mm -hmm. and isn't necessarily what you're going to do next year. Every year stands alone, mm-hmm. all right? Um, and this year is different because it's always different this time, Carrie, right? Mm-hmm. But this year it is different because last year the required minimum distributions were suspended, mm-hmm. whether it was your own RMD or it, your inherited RMD. This year they're back. So we're... You might have not done an IRA distribution last year because you were not required. This year, you do have a required minimum distribution to get done. You may elect withholding on that, Mm -hmm. which then relieves you the necessity of making quarterly estimated payments. Right. Whereas last year, because you, you might have been making quarterly estimated payments... Because you weren't going to have any IRA distribution withholding going on, right? So that's why. And 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 if you and and if you're using one of the robots, you know, one of the tax software, even if you're using a professional tax preparer, the professional software, a lot of times, if you don't tell the robot to change it up, it's going to make some assumptions based on the previous year. And one of the assumptions it may be making is that whatever you paid in estimated taxes is what you're planning on paying estimated tax this year or vice versa. Whatever mm-hmm. you had or didn't have in withholding last year, it's going to be the same this year. And that may be a bad assumption. Mm-hmm. So unless you don't go in and tell the robot differently, you may be off to a bad start. Um, now, one of our other things we always talk about is, again, mentioned before, we don't necessarily like our clients getting big refunds every year. Now, I know a lot of people love getting tax refunds. And my simple response or question to you is, if if you're so excited about getting income tax refunds, why are you so desperate to get your tax return done as quickly as possible to get it? Because you, it's you don't need to be you don't <laughs> a refund is mean you over you chose to overpay your taxes, and generally you're not going to get any interest on your tax refund. So you gave an interest free loan to the government. Now we had some exceptions. You know, last year the government did pay interest on the refunds. This year may happen again. But my point is, why put yourself through that? turmoil. In other words, because what we have seen with our clients who, as much as we tell them, they still love, they, we can't argue with them. Right. It's their plan. Not, I mean, we can just tell them, you don't have to pay that in. You're going to be waiting around for a refund. They go, that's okay, because that's my vacation money. Or you Right. Know. Our job is to, I think that's a great example of our role. Our job is to give people good information and choices, but ultimately it's always their decision and their choice, uh, what they're comfortable with. Right. Now, but one of the, one of the problems we have seen is that with that the taxpayers who are expecting refunds, so they want to get their. It's almost like a game to them. It's like how quickly can I get my tax return done, right, um, and out the door? Well, they do it too early because then they get the corrected ten ninety nine R, and then they have to file an amended return and go to the cost of, and, the, and the paperwork of filing amended returns. So that's one of the problems that we have seen as an offshoot to those who are saying, I've got to get my return out the door ASAP because I got to get that refund back. Um, now, so we always say it's it's okay even if you owe money on April 15th, right? Mm-hmm. As long as you don't owe too much. Right. Um, or you owe without penalty. Right. Because if you owe too much on April 15th, you could be penalized. And we want to stay away from that for sure. So you say, well, Mark, how do I know if I owe too much to be penalized or if I don't? 
Well, this is where we talk about the estimated tax safe harbors. Mm-hmm. All right. And it's, there's really only two of them. Well, maybe three. Um, three of them. Um, but it's that understanding of these safe harbors. And it, it really goes beyond that. You know, you had mentioned, you always mentioned, Carrie, about looking for opportunities, right, in a very complicated tax code. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there, here's another one. You know, if you're looking for opportunities, right, you may want to master the, a working knowledge of these estimated tax safe harbors, all right, because you can use them to your advantage. And especially if you are under the belief that you'd like to hang on to your money as long as you can, so it's working for you, instead of giving it to government early when they're not going to pay you any interest on it anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are the safe harbors? Well, there's the previous year safe harbor and there's the current year safe harbor. Those are the two. Mm-hmm. And then there's a third offshoot, which is called the annualization method that was sometimes we have to get into the weeds to talk about that. Mm-hmm. One. So let's go. What's the, in the gen, our general rule is, okay, if you think that your current year's income tax liability is going to be as much or more than the previous years, you might just want to go with the previous year safe harbor. Mm-hmm. Okay. The other side of that is if you know for sure that this year's tax liability is going to be a lot less than the previous year's tax liability, you might not want to pay the previous year's tax liability. You may want to jump over to a current year safe harbor. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, so what's the rule for the previous safe harbor? Well, the previous year safe harbor simply says, as long as you pay in 100% of your previous year's tax timely, you are covered. So even if you end up owing on April 15th, you won't be charged any interest or under you know penalty. There is one caveat to the 100% rule for federal taxes, and that is if in the previous year, your adjusted gross income is greater or was greater than $150,000, then you need to pay in timely 110% of your previous year's tax. Okay. All right. Ohio just has the 100% rule. All right. So that's the general previous year safe harbor rule. And there's no guesswork there. Mm-hmm. So you don't, you know, if you're, if you're going to follow the previous year safe harbor, it's a no number. Right. You don't have to wait around and and try to update your estimate during the year because it's a known number. It's based on last year's tax return. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, Now, and that's why the way 99% of the tax software out there just defaults to the previous year safe harbor. Right. Because it doesn't know any better when you're filing the return in April. It just says, hey, put them on the previous year safe harbor. Right. But as I said, if you knew for sure that your tax was going to be a lot less this year, for example, let's say you were working last year and this year you're retired. So you don't want to pay in 110 percent of your last year's tax. If you know this year, you're going to be a lot less. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's where we go into the current year safe harbor. And under the current year safe harbor, um, as long as you pay at least 90 percent of your actual tax liability timely, you're covered under the current year safe harbor. And they give you that 10% buffer because when you're on a current year safe harbor, things can change during the year. So you're guessing at what your liability is going to be. You're not relying on the known number the previous year, right? So as the year goes on, you say, uh oh, I, you know, this is what I thought my dividends were going to be, or this is what I thought my income was going to be, or this is what I thought my capital gains were going to be. And then, you know, you get to the end of the year and you realize that you under budgeted for that or underestimated, as long as you're still got within that 10% buffer, you're still okay. All right. Um, and now the other thing too is how you pay your taxes. And this is where, again, when I say, you know, pay timely, right? Well, there's, there's a couple of ways that you can get, you can get your taxes paid in. 
you can either make quarterly estimates, you know, with the due dates of April 15th, June 15th, September 15th, and January 15th. Um, or you could do withholding. You know, you do withhold. Obviously, you're familiar with holding on your, uh, your your wages, but you can do withholding on any type of tax qualified plan distributions. If you're getting pensions, you can normally elect withholding options. Um, if Social Security, you can elect federal withholding. Now, some of these custodians, they all support federal withholding. Carry, they might not all support Ohio withholding. So you have to kind of ask the custodian. Annuities, another another tax deferred mm-hmm. vehicle. You can, you know, generally make withholding elections on annuity distributions. Um, now, the advantages of sometimes the withholding is that as long as it's withheld by December 31st of the year, the government treats it as coming in evenly, meaning it's timely. So quite literally, if you had, if you waited to do all your your previous year safe harbor based on when you take your RMD in December because you like to let it go to the last minute and you do make a withholding election, hey, even though it wasn't withheld until December, it's treated as timely as coming evenly throughout the whole year. The quarterly estimates are, don't work that way. Right. Those are timed, right? Um, and, you know, and, and you have to... So you have to make those timely. You have to be, you, you know, those coupons. A lot of people do electronically today. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't. They're still sending a coupon in the mail. You got to find a stamp on the envelope. You've got to write out a check, you know, and send it away to the government. They time those. Okay. Electronically, you can set up the dates in the future and just hopefully the banking instructions work. So the, that's so that's a little bit more, you know, and a lot of, a lot of our clients going in retirement they don't want to f- fool around with those silly coupons all the time. So we, we figure out ways that, well, can we do it through withholding so they don't have to make those quarterly estimates? And then just a, another note, too, is that if you are filing the quarterly estimates, we recommend that you keep a good log of them. Mm-hmm. And by that, meaning not only a written log that you can find at tax time, that you're, you know, don't forget where you put it, but also a copy of the coupon. Right. For your files, a copy of the check you're sending. Guess what? We all have cell phones with cameras. Either to the federal right. or the Ohio, um, as well as um, the log of what you did. So you get that. Make sure you have that ready. So when it comes around to tax filing season, you, you're not searching. You're not guessing. Well, did I make those quarterly estimates or didn't I? Did I? Mm-hmm. You have a good log that you can pull out and say, okay, this is what I did. And especially, too, if the government ever challenges that they didn't get it or the coupon mm-hmm. you sent or whatever, you've got a copy of what you sent in. So that's always a good thing. Mm-hmm. And those are things that we help clients out with and, and coordinating with their existing advisors uh, as well as IRA distribution planning, planning for retirement and so much more. If you want to take advantage of a free, no obligation consultation about your individual Questions and concerns by phone or in person, give us a call at 440-239-2090. Leave a message. We'll call you on Monday or visit our website at financialfoodforthought.com. You can also sign up for the IRA Roth and Tax Qualified Asset Planning Class Wednesday, September 22nd at 3 o'clock in Middleburg Heights. Free to attend. We have a great workbook included. We only uh, we do ask that you pre-register due to limited seating. And that's also on our website. Or give us a call and you can sign up at 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. So if you're wanna, wondering how you're going to pay your taxes when you go into retirement or want to be proactive about it and how to make it work for you, keep your cash flow going, make it easy on you, keep you out of penalty situations, and not just voluntarily give the government an interest-free loan, come in and see us because we work with our, we've been working with our clients for decades on that. We work with their CPAs, their enrolled agents, so we get everybody involved, and it's that idea saying, yeah, hold on to your money as long as you can so it's working for you. So at the beginning of the show, 
I was playing that tape from the FBI agent Rodney Miller. It's a chilling tape. If you want that, you can find that. It's on a podcast called Missing on 9-11. And the particular episode I'm playing was from uh, the audio artifact, the FBI tape. And it's an incredible tape because it's, it's one of the longest interrupted actual live recordings of that 20 minutes or hour between the first plane hitting and the second building tumbling. So I'll play a little bit more of that here going out just because it was such a, it's such an impacted, you know, tape. It, and now the, the, I'll warn you, the recording isn't very clear and you have to listen closely uh, but it actually it, it takes place where these FBI agents and the informants were having breakfast and and they were they were in in the at the bottom floor or whatever and they heard the explosion what they called an explosion they of course didn't know what it was and then they run outside and everything's falling down upon them now we lost 2996 people on 9-11 but looking back the question is how many were saved you know how many were evacuated so let's see if I can get this going so this is the tape Listen to the explosion. Immediately the sirens go. Estimates now saying that twelve to fifteen thousand may have been evacuated. Some people think that number could be high as twenty to twenty-five thousand were safely evacuated. Lest we never forget. Tune in next week for more financial food for thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening.